and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. And welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Lisa Tang. And I'm Sabrina Douglas. And this week, we're excited to welcome Victoria Fritz to the podcast. Victoria is a PhD candidate in family relations and human development, and she's here to talk all about failure today. Victoria is studying failure as part of her PhD, so we have lots of questions for her all about perceived parenting failure and how to talk to your kids about failure. So welcome to the podcast, Victoria. Thanks for joining us. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So to start off, can you please tell us a bit about your research and what made you interested in pursuing the topic of failure for your PhD? Absolutely. So um, one of the important things I think that for listeners and for me to share is that I am a social worker by education and by trade. And so that's really important because it meant the kind of research topics that I'm interested in are really focused in like health and well-being. And Failure has kind of been something for me that's been present throughout my life in many different ways and um, met through many different years. And when I was working initially with students at the University of Guelph, I started to notice that failure kept creeping into our conversation. So students would start to share times that they failed or stories about their failure. And that's actually what really got me interested in this as a topic. And so I went to the literature and realized that we actually don't know a lot about what it means to experience a failure, to go through that failure and kind of what happens for us as people. So my formal PhD research is looking at student stories of academic failure. And what I'm interested in is what those stories are and who are the the kind of key players in these stories, what's happening for the students that are going through these failures. Um, And I think that'll be kind of a theme that comes up a few times throughout my appearance on the podcast today. That's very interesting research, which is part of the reason we actually have you on this podcast, which is wonderful. Um, Can you tell us a little bit or speak to a little bit about how failure is a concept that something or a concept that maybe everyone should kind of reflect on or could potentially benefit from reflecting on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think the one thing that really is my philosophy and my work, but also in my practice as well, is that failure is everywhere. Failure happens to every single person in some way at some point in their lives. And often it happens at multiple points in our lives. One of, I think, the most fascinating things about failure is that it's really kind of linked into our perceptions. So what I see as a failure might not be what both of you see as a failure. There's lots of things that can impact the way we see failure and the way that we react to failure. So I think that kind of universality of failure is really, really important that it's going to happen in our lives. We cannot avoid it. So I think that's one piece that that's important to recognize and probably leads to why it's important to reflect on failure because it's going to happen to us regardless of what we do, regardless of how much we try to avoid it, it is going to happen in some way in our lives. And I really think that we can learn a lot from the failures that we've been through. So they might be really terrible failures that we feel like we learned nothing from, but what we might have learned is don't do that thing again, um, or this is not for us, or I dislike that. And I think that that's really valuable knowledge too. 
we can also learn how to do things differently uh, for the future, how to do things better for the future. And uh, one of the pieces I love about failure and in kind of opening conversations about failure is people start to learn that they're not alone so that other people have failed in similar ways and that we can learn from each other's experience and really build that sense of community among each other as well. Absolutely. Um, so as you know, Victoria, on this podcast, we focus on topics that are usually relevant to parents or caregivers of young children. And one topic that we thought you could speak to is perceived parenting failure. Um, since parenting is already such a nuanced and complex experience, and now there's an added level of social pressure with the rise of social media, can you please speak to why a parent's perception of their own parenting as failure could be harmful? Absolutely. So I'll preface this too saying, like, although my studies are really rooted in university students, I think it's important to recognize that university students don't just appear. Um, they're raised in a particular way. They've gone through different experiences. They have parents who have influenced where they're at right now. In, in my research, what I'm interested, obviously, is the university students, but like, how can we help them be better university students? So I love the piece that you said about perceived parenting failures. And again, I think that's really, really important to touch on that we make social comparisons all of the time as humans, but sometimes those social comparisons can be really, really difficult. And I know social media and the increased presence on social media, in particular during the pandemic, um, has been harmful in many ways. And I think it's really, really important to remember, um, and I say this to students all the time because this problem, I think, is as much shared by the students that I work with as it is among parents um, that I work with and that I have in my life. We on social media see one tiny little snippet of someone's lives. Often we're seeing things that are going well. We're seeing things that people want to share with other people. So if we're using that little tiny piece to judge or as a place of judgment for ourselves to judge ourselves against that tiny little piece of goodness, of course, we're going to feel that we're doing something wrong. We are less than. We're not doing something that's as good as this other person is. So I think that's a really important piece to remember is that, again, you're seeing this tiny little snippet of someone's life on social media, and it's neglecting to tell the whole other story of what's going on. So that um, social media, again, can be harmful in those ways, but it can also be a helpful tool for parents. So there might be parents who are sharing the realities of what it is like to be a parent and especially being a parent during the pandemic when you weren't necessarily expecting to have kids home all the time. So I think in those ways, it can be helpful to build that sense of connection with other parents to really see the lived reality. I, I know personally, I find a lot of accounts that speak to the student experience, but they use kind of humor to address it. Uh, really, really helpful. And I would imagine that there's lots of parenting accounts out there that are like that. In fact, I actually have stumbled across a few random ones that I, I couldn't tell you the names of, but I've seen them and, and they bring me a laugh as someone who's not a parent, but really kind of touching on the lived reality and that things are messy and life is messy and we can't control everything around us. So that's kind of a, um, a broad touch on the social media piece. But I also think that it's really, really important that as parents, we're really aware of how we perceive failure because children really look to parents to get cues in terms of what's right or what's wrong or what's expected and not expected. What's okay? How do we react to things? And so I really do think that, I'm sure you've heard the concept of modeling. So kids model what their parents do. 
um, really that modeling of dealing with failure, if we can do that positively as a parent, that can really help our kids to learn that perhaps failing is okay and it's not something that I have to really fear or avoid uh, all of their lives. Thank you so much. That's really good insight. I'm wondering, going back to what you were saying about social media, so that's an incredible interest of mine, right? That's my, my research focuses really on, on a lot of social media impacts on, on people and individuals. And what you were mentioning about that, uh, you know, it's, I've heard it called the highlight reel, right? People are saying yes, the highlight yeah. reel. And it's so interesting to me. And even though we know we're comparing, it still seems to have, have an effect. And because of that, those feelings of failure may continue to pop up. So I'm wondering, do you have any strategies specific to parents? And I want to talk about kids here as well. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about kids, but do you have any strategies for parents in dealing with those feelings of failure? Mm -hmm. And I, I would say too, these strategies are pretty universal to anyone who might be dealing with the failure. I think, um, Lisa, you hit on a really great point there. It's actually, and whether you're, you know this, that you did or not, but like actually being mindful of that. So catching that thinking and saying, hey, oh, I am comparing myself to someone else right now. And maybe I shouldn't be comparing myself to that person because I'm only seeing this tiny little piece. So just that simple act of acknowledging that you're thinking that can be really, really helpful. I also think practicing self-kindness and self-compassion is huge. This has been a theme that's come up in the pandemic that, I mean, we all, I think, should be practicing some self-kindness and some self-compassion. We're living through unprecedented times right now. But remembering that we are going to fail. It doesn't necessarily mean anything about us as a person. It's just something that's happened. So that kind of leads me into like another little piece. And this, this is from narrative therapy a little bit. But, and I always love this quote that the problem is the problem, the person is not the problem. So if we can remember that distinction that we might feel like we failed, it doesn't mean we actually are a failure. And often we internalize those feelings and that's when we can get into those feelings of self-loathing um, and unworthiness. And it is important to remember that it is, even if we have failed, it is an act, it's something we've done. It doesn't mean that we're a failure as a person. Something that, that might also be helpful too, and I might touch on this again later, but is actually sharing these experiences with other people. Humans are really social creatures and we love to make those connections with other people. So perhaps sharing with people you feel comfortable with, other parents who might have gone through something similar and kind of that normalizing piece, recognizing that you're not alone in this, that someone else is also there. And in fact, someone else might have almost like a worse experience to share that you can then bond over and laugh over, I think can be really, really helpful too. There's lots of different ways, absolutely, that we can can address those feelings of failure. I will definitely take those into mind as, as I kind of reflect on, on my on my perceived failures and, and, and the sense of comparison, which I, you know, it's, it's very hard not to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I joke with my husband that, okay, so I... I'm going to drop a bomb on you. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I am a self-proclaimed helicopter parent, but I joke with my husband that <laughs> helicopter parents have different altitudes. And so yeah. I feel like I'm high. I feel like I hover a little less closely and I'm like, Oh, look at that parent. They're hovering way closer than I am. I'm like, Oh, that's comparison again. But I'm wondering, 
uh, it's difficult as a parent for me mm -hmm. to let my kids fail at something. So my kids are, are in elementary school at this point, and I'm constantly already on top of them for homework so that they don't fail on a test or they don't fail or they don't, you know, forget about an assignment. And I think to myself, sometimes I kind of have this almost this tug of war uh, with myself where I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, now's the time, right? Grade five, mm -hmm. he should, if he, if he fails and he doesn't hand in his assignment, he's going to get in trouble. And then he's going to learn that he needs to hand in an assignment or there's consequences. And then the other part of me is like, well, but I don't want to watch my son fail and forget about an assignment. And then part of me is also like, well, he should be old enough to remember. So anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is how as parents do we know when when to kind of let go? And and is it important for a kid to fail? And, and why is that? And is there an age where it's too early or too late? So there's there's many questions here. Feel free to feel mm. free to kind of, you know, touch on whatever you think is important. Yeah. Um, so lots of, you're right, lots of things embedded in there. And I think what I love about this too is, is we're talking about really incredibly complex issues, right? Like parenting is a really complex and complicated and really different from like parent to parent and child to child. Failure is also really complex and different. I, I was really interested in the question about uh, whether it's too early or too late to fail. And I don't know that there is necessarily an age. One thing that, that's always been fascinating to me and when I deliver workshops on dealing with failure is often kids do fail when they're quite young. So I'm just thinking of when, when they try to start walking, they fail all the time. They fall down. They take one step and they fall down. They crash into things. And I think that's an example of failure, but we don't necessarily see it as failure because we see it as part of their normal development. So that kind of contextual piece around what we perceive as failure becomes really, really important. I think absolutely I can appreciate, though I don't have kids, I can appreciate the urge to be a helicopter parent because you want to make sure that everything's working for them, that they get the best, that they have the support that they need. So I totally appreciate the sentiment behind that. What I think is important for us to remember as well is that often when we're kind of stepping in and, and doing things, and I very much take this philosophy in my approach to working with students is if I do it for you, you actually are not going to learn to do it for yourself. I'm not necessarily giving someone skills by doing something for them. I might be modeling and showing how it's done, but they don't actually have to practice this, those skills on their own. But I think it's important to we remember things like developmental stages. Obviously, an 18-year-old can do a lot more than like a four-year-old could. So that support is really, really necessary. And important. We are going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to encounter situations we don't know what to do with. So how do we get through those? How do we move forward? Um, so problem solving skills is a great one. The emotional regulation piece too. I often think, uh, Lisa, you touched on this a little bit too, but failing when you're younger and it perhaps is not so impactful, like grade one or two, might look really different than I would use a really extreme example, but like failing the bar exam when you finish law school and you're trying to be a lawyer. So I think the consequences of the failures can really change over time. So if if kids and parents themselves can kind of work through failures that have less consequences, it might feel a little bit better and they can build that resilience to then be able to deal with those really big failures that have really, really big impacts in their lives. So at this That's point... So 
I'm yeah. just gonna I just want to pop in and just say like that's such that really kind of resonates with me because mm -hmm. I've kind of felt you know as a parent on this fence but they have to I, I get that I remember failures as in, in my elementary school years mm -hmm. and being like now I look back at the failure and it's you know I didn't I didn't skip properly at recess or something but <laughs> but um you know and so 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 that's not really as big of a deal now to me as it was when I was in grade one but it was you kind of touched on this emotional regulation like being mm -hmm. able to handle these failures at, at age appropriate failures mm -hmm. right and then kind of knowing what that feels like and knowing this too will pass and it's kind of something that you can think back to or reflect on as the failures may get bigger as mm -hmm. you get older. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I want to build on that too. So I can share one of the questions that I was asked was, can I remember a failure from my childhood? And at first I was like, absolutely not. And then I decided to reflect on why I could remember that. So the failures I do remember are like failing at my first class in undergrad. And I think it was because those failures really weren't that impactful to me. So of course I learned some skills from it, but I think that's kind of an, an interesting piece that we should keep in mind when we're dealing with failure is that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, are we really even going to remember what happened? Because in the moment it can feel kind of really overwhelming and like it consumes our lives, but that's just because we're in that experience right now. And the other piece I'll touch on too is I totally agree. I think if we can teach those skills as early as we can, the problem solving, the emotional regulation, building resilience, help and support seeking behavior, so incredibly important. Recognizing that we don't have to do this on our own and letting kids know it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not have an answer. That can be really, really helpful because what I see sometimes in my work with university students is students who have never failed then come here to university, fail their first test, and it's just complete shutdown because they don't know how to deal with that. So they really don't have those skills. Um, and then I've seen students who also who have failed and are, are quite resilient in dealing with things. So those skills really, really do make a difference in our lives. And again, I speak to the academic context, but we fail in other parts of our lives too, like relationships don't always work out. And those of you who might be parenting teenagers, I feel like I think about myself as a teenager and I'm like, oh my gosh, the relationship failures that I had. But being able to manage those can help you have a really positive relationship with someone in the future because you can learn from those failures. Thanks, Victoria. Yeah, I was kind of giggling to myself when you mentioned like not being able to remember a failure from childhood because mm -hmm. I was when I wrote that question, I was thinking like, what do I remember? And I also was having a hard time and I thought about, um, well, I actually have a memory, but I think of it more of like, a, more as like a triumph because it was like from rock climbing and I fell a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, I ended up climbing to the top of the rock climbing wall. So it was actually like a success, even though it was kind of like failures along the way. So it ended up being a positive experience. So I, I love that, Sabrina. I have a failure that's just a pure failure. I remember failing my grade seven. I remember my first test I ever failed was in grade seven and it mm -hmm. was a spelling test. And I bombed it it was and I'm a good speller it was it was like she gave you the definitions and you had to fill in the word without a word list so it was obviously a spelling and I remember thinking like this was a spelling test not a definition test <laughs> I completely bombed it and then the and then um the second and then I I did learn from that because I also bombed my final exam 
I destroy it. Like I, I just, I just failed it. Like my final exam for biology in my first year of university, because I refused, silly me, I refused to learn the life cycle of a plant. <laughs> and, and I just put my foot down. I'm like, I'm not learning this life cycle of a plant. And then turns out the professor was a botanist oh, only no. at the time. I didn't know what a botanist was. <laughs> so, so it was, uh, I, I, I'll tell you what I did learn from my first year biology course. A botanist is someone who really likes plants. Mm -hmm. And if you have a botanist as an instructor, you better learn the life cycle of a plant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thank you for, for, I thought I'd share my failure. Absolutely. And, and I honestly, this is one of my favorite parts of researching this topic and being like really embedded in, in kind of looking at failure and what it means for us as people is that I absolutely love hearing people's stories. And I love the fact that like when one person shares a failure, another person will be like, oh yeah, that also happened to me. Um, and it creates this like, again, this lovely community. So I think sharing those experiences is so, so important. So thank you both for sharing those experiences. Anytime. Happy to talk about our failures anytime you come on our podcast, Victoria. <laughs> um, as parents are navigating failure with their kids and as kids are experiencing different kinds of failures, are there ways that parents can help talk to kids about failure and help them go through those experiences in a positive way other than maybe just saying things like, see, I told you so, or you should have listened to mom or something like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think, honestly, I feel like sometimes those phrases can be helpful for people to hear. I know when my parents were like, yeah, you should have listened. And I'd be like, yeah, I actually should have listened. But um, absolutely. A lot of the things I've been talking about before, the big piece is modeling, modeling the behaviors. And I think it's so important. And I absolutely loved when, like growing up that my parents were very open and transparent with me in sharing their own experiences with things. So there's a lot of value in parents saying like, look, I didn't know how to do that the first time I tried either. Lisa, in you saying, I failed the spelling test too. And this is how I got over it. And Sabrina saying like, I got to the top, but also I fell lots of times. I slipped lots of times and had lots of failures on the way. So that openness about talking about our own experiences is really, really powerful, especially because we know kids really look to their parents as these sources of inspiration. So embedded in that too a little bit is like normalizing the experience of failure. So saying things like, hey, you know, that happens to lots of people. One of my common phrases, and again, I work with university students, so they'll say like, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Lots of university students have shared something similar with me. So just to let them know that they're not alone in this experience, because we do, when we get into these kind of difficult or adverse situations, we tend to close off and feel like we're the only person that's ever been through it, but that's probably not true. So that normalizing piece can be really, really helpful. I think also asking, uh, kids are very self-aware in my experience, and so asking them what would be helpful for them. What do they need right now? Um, I love the question, what do you think we should do? So even I ask this to my niece or nephew sometimes when they come to me with a problem and I'll ask, well, what do you think we should do? Um, and they're seven and nine now and they'll be like, they'll think about it for a minute and be like, oh, here maybe is a suggestion. Um, so practice getting them to practice those skills too, that problem solving skills, the self-advocacy skills are really, really important too. Lots of specific things that we can do, but overall, I'm going to go back to something that was said earlier too, but that 
recognizing our own feelings about failure are really, really important. Because if we see failure as something that like absolutely needs to be avoided, chances are that's going to come across um, in our parenting approach, in our talking about failure. It's going to have that resistance or that defensiveness. So if we can catch that um, and perhaps try a bit more openness um, or exploration. And I always laugh. One of my favorite um, kids fails is when they fall down and then they look to you for a response. So uh, I think just letting them naturally kind of respond in the way that they're going to respond to it. And sometimes it might not even be a failure for them. They might just see it as something funny, get up and move on with something else. That, that's so true. I remember if they <laughs> fell and, and you made a big deal, they'd start crying. Yes. And if they fell and you kind of were like, yay, they just got up and turned, started walking again. I know. And then on, honestly, part of me wondered, I'm like, oh no, we were laughing when they fell because it was quite humorous. And I'm like, oh no, is this going to create some like weird reaction to falling down and just laughing? <laughs> Victoria, your, your advice has been so helpful. I know for me, and I hope for other parents listening, if you had to kind of break it down into, if, into three maybe tips or, you know, even if it's not tips, but three considerations mm -hmm. as a parent, uh, what would they be? Mm -hmm. So great question. And I think like kind of a really nice sum up of, of what we talked about too. The first, and this is parenting, this is about life, this is about school, it's about work. Um, the best advice, uh, I'm still trying to take this advice myself, but remembering that we are all our, on our own paths. So we might end up at the same location, but take very different paths to get there. And that's okay. Some kids will learn to fail really early some won't until later in life. And that is okay. So I think that's the first kind of piece talking about failure and beyond failure, but we're, we're all on different paths and it is okay to be on different paths. The second piece is that failure is really, really normal. And I know I framed it positively a lot in this podcast and I do in my research as well. Sometimes it really sucks. Sometimes it feels horrible and just, we feel like we cannot get out of it. But what's important to remember is that that is normal. That's part of a life experience. And it's part of everything that we do in learning, in relationships, in just work, in every part of our life. And the last piece is remember that we're not alone. So again, I mentioned often when we go through those adverse situations, we feel like we're the only person that's ever been through this and we have to be the one to solve it and fix it. But that's not true. There's lots of supports around us. So they might be informal supports like family or friends or people in the community, or they could be formal supports like counselors or doctors or experts in a particular field. But just reminding ourselves through failure and through life in general, we're not alone. Thank you so much. And I think one of the things I took away as well from this conversation was it is okay to let my kids fail. Yeah. It is okay to let them fall. <laughs> and that they may actually learn something that they can reflect on in their future <laughs> within a podcast mm -hmm. about their failure and it might help support them later on in life it sounds like what you're saying which is which is something i need to consider as well as i continue on my parenting journey um yeah amazing thank you victoria thanks for sharing those helpful tips and reminders and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today we know it's a busy time of year so we really appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat with us and share your experience with our listeners wonderful thank you so so much again for having me Thank you.